Welcome to the God's Goodness Podcast, where our mission is to encourage as well as highlight God's goodness and modern day miracles. We are your hosts, Josh and Shelley Hankins. Today we have with us a special guest. You might know him from our church, and his name is Johnny Miller, and he is going to be sharing some things with us that the Holy Spirit has led him to, and we'll have him open up with a little prayer. All right. Thanks, guys, for having me. I appreciate it. Thanks for being here. Awesome. Yeah. So my hope, my goal for what we're about to do is that the people who are listening would capture some fresh hope. I feel like that's so critically important for this season. So kind of the thoughts and the, you know, the path that I'll be sharing, it's all kind of geared towards that. Like, how can whoever's listening walk away being like, man, I know that God has my future in mind and a good future. Right. So, Lord, we thank you for your faithfulness. We thank you that you give us a hope in a future, Lord, and uh, that you're always in control. And all throughout your word, Lord, there's all these amazing stories of people who they on the journey, whatever their path may be, there's, there's good times and bad times and highs and lows. But the theme that rides through everything, Lord, is your faithfulness and that you have our future in mind. And it's a hope in a future and it's good. And we thank you for that. Amen. 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 So obviously that we were talking earlier, like the, I would say the theme of the, the whole podcast is just people's stories. I don't have any like crazy story like you guys have. You guys have pretty good stories, right? So, but I think in all of our lives, there are moments where we see God working through things and, and ordering our steps and leading and guiding us. And so I was thinking before, as we were coming on, you know, you're, I was going to come onto the show, like, what do I want to talk about? And so what I really felt was in my heart to share with your audience is if it was going to be a sermon, I call it like from the promise to the palace, you know, mm-hmm. and it's like the story of Joseph. And basically so many of us, I would say it's a universal theme. The, these stories that we find in the Bible, whether it's the Moses story or the Joseph story, there's so many of these stories that the reason they resonate with us is because they're universal truths, Right. And so, like, for, for so many of us, and, and I'll share some of my own story, but, you know, in that story of Joseph, there's this seed of a dream that he has, right? It's a promise. But then how does he end up going from, I'm the king of the world, you know, the Titanic thing where he's on the balcony, right? To, well, to use the Titanic metaphor, to being on the, hanging on the side of the door, Right like in the water, right? And then why wouldn't she let him on the door, right? Yeah, but, plenty um, of door. <laughs> yeah, come on, man. Make room. Make room, bro. But yeah, so ultimately, you know, in my own life, I grew up in an amazing family, a Christian home. My dad was an entrepreneur, but he also was on staff at the church that we grew up at. So I had this heritage of being a, in faith, in, in Christianity, like my from the beginning, church, whatever you want to say. Now, again, that could sound good, but I think, to be honest, a lot of people that grow up in church end up not in the church because there's a lot of baggage that can come with that, too. Mm-hmm. So that's interesting. Like that, It cuts both ways, right? right? So I know you guys have amazing stories of how you found God maybe a little bit later, but I just was always in this, like my whole life. And even from like a young age, I just always knew that ministry and serving the bride or the body of Christ, whatever you want to say, was going to be probably not only a part of my life, but ultimately kind of as, and this will, I'll kind of get to this in the story, but like where the convergence would happen, you know, where I would be like, oh, 
I see now. And I think that's the beauty of these stories, whether it's our story or whether it's the Joseph story or the David story, right? There's always this time where you think you know how it's going to go and then it doesn't go that way, right? The plot twist. Yeah. And then the beauty is like, it always ends up better, doesn't it? Mm -hmm. It's like a better story. It's deeper. It's richer than just the linear path that you thought was going to be your path, right? Mm Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, again, I, I just, I grew up in all this. Actually, it's pretty neat. My great-grandfather, he was also kind of very similar. He was like an itinerant minister and basically also like an entrepreneur, business kind of guy. So everybody in my family's named Johnny, you know, it's like John, John, Johnny, you know. So my dad, I'm junior, but I'm named after him. But his dad was John as well. They just kind of swapped the middle name out. Maybe I don't know why, but either way, they got creative there, right? <laughs> but then my great-grandfather, his name is the same. It's Johnny Miller. And uh, my parents gave me a card, a business card of his at one point when I was old enough to, like, not lose it. You know, you got to watch when you give your kids stuff, right? You give them something too early. It's like, oh, I threw that away, you know? But it, it, it was really cool to see. And it was basically, like, his name, which is my name, you know, and... And that he's, you know, he was a minister of the gospel and, you know, this kind of stuff. It's, it's just really cool to see like this, this journey and this path. Do you think that was like a seed, you know, seeing that maybe? I saw that later, but I, I think just always being in it put a seed in my heart, honestly, to love the church. Because I know a lot of people, like I said earlier, that like grew up in the church that hate the church. Mm-hmm. But there was just always something in me. And I think it's part of that whole seed, that like that dream, that the Joseph moment, like something was in my heart for that. And so, you know, then I I did the usual stuff. I mean, I was an idiot, like always no major trouble, but you know what I mean? Like the rebellious teenager kind of thing and all that. But I never strayed. I never was like away from, I was never prodigal, whatever you want to say. You know, it was just like, I'd have fun on Saturday night and I come to church on Sunday, you know? But then, you know, there are these times in our, in all of our lives that, that mark us. Right. And so when I was probably, uh, I could, I, I think I was basically like just getting into college. So like either late teens or early twenties, there was this movement. There were these like hot spots of where what God was doing, you know, in America. One was in Toronto where there was like this move of God and they were, and, and at the time, so this was like nineties, but there were the thing, it was like when God started moving people for whatever reason, just decided they were going to have church like every day of the year. Right. And then I think ultimately what we, we saw kind of as a fruit of that is that's not actually reproducible and that's not long-term like a lifestyle that, that you can live. It's kind of like if you go on a diet, right? You can go on a diet for a little bit, but if it's something like crazy where I only eat chipped ham and celery or whatever, you know, at some point. Yeah, Ad- Adkins diet. Yeah, right. There you go. That was a At big some one. point you're going to go down. Yeah, right. And then as soon as you eat that first French fry, you're like, then it's over, right? But so the other one that was in Florida was called Brownsville. It was in Pensacola. And I can just remember like my parents, they were always, and this is one of the things that I know was like imparted to me, like as a spiritual gift that is like one of the defining things of who I am. And especially when I'm doing like church stuff, is just a hunger for God. Like for whatever reason, just like, I just want to be in his presence. I don't want to go to, I, it's not, I want to be in church. 
It's I want to be in his presence. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like there's a difference. Like, yeah, wherever you are. Yeah. It doesn't matter. It's in a place you go to that you walk out your door. There he is. Well you get in your car. There he is. You get yeah. to Walmart. There he is. Like you ever get like wrecked in the grocery store? Like I'm not saying be a weirdo, but like every now and again, it's something like God will just encounter you in the strangest place. Oh man, he gets me in the back of an ambulance all the time. There you go. Yeah, all, like all the time. Yeah, right. But it's, it's crazy. And it's one of those things. It's like, I think one of the... If we can learn to always like be like looking, you know, it's like that whole ask, seek, knock thing, you know, like in the Hebrew or sorry, that's Greek, I guess, New Testament. But in the Greek, it's like keep asking, keep seeking, keep knocking. It's like a, a continual process. But it's like whatever you seek, you'll find, you know, and, and if you're looking for God and that's, I think, a big part of this podcast, right? If you're looking for God's goodness, you're mm. going to find it. Absolutely. It starts to, oh, I see it everywhere, right? It's like whenever you buy the new car, right? You never notice that car, but all of a sudden you're like, oh, there's another. Like they call it the white Tesla syndrome, right? You know, there's another white Tesla. There's another white Tesla, right? And I feel like that's how it is with God too, you know, when we start to focus. But back to like the journey. So my parents were just hungry and they were like, we just, we know like, look, we're good Christians and all this stuff, but like, there's got to be more. Like what I see in the Bible is all this awesome stuff. But what I see, like for the most part, what's happening, let's just say like our perspective in the American church on a day-to-day, week-to-week on a Sunday, is like, why is this amazing and signs and wonders and, you know, whatever it might be, like, you know, go into the book of Acts, right? And then what we see is kind of the just not that right so mm -hmm. we found that there were these pockets and, and it still happens like even the thing in kentucky this past year with uh, right Asbury. right yeah mm -hmm. that was amazing yeah right and so it's weird isn't it but like what i see like when i look through the history of america because i've been kind of studying like i love histories right so i'm always like but i've been lately studying moves of God in America, because I honestly, like my perspective is this, like without a, without the Holy spirit, there is no change. Mm -hmm. Like you can bootstrap it. You can like bite the bullet. You can do everything you want to do. And there's so many people that like, whether it's an addiction, they're trying to break or whether it's just, I want to be a better dad, whatever it is, right. There's so many people that, yeah. Okay. And I'm all about Tony Robbins and self-help and John Maxwell and leadership and personal development. And, you know, I can name them all. Right. But there's always that thing where it's like, I keep falling short, but the Holy spirit is the thing that brings the change that brings mm -hmm. the breakthrough. And so like, just like the great awakening or the second great awakening or the Jesus movement, there was this thing happening. And my parents were like, we want the real deal. Right. So we, it was crazy. We like went on vacation to church, you know, and I'm like, what's wrong with us? Right. <laughs> but like, so we drove down to Florida and I can remember vividly when we were getting close, my mother's always been like very prophetic and like, she could like open up the phone book and, and like get like a prophetic word. You know what I'm saying? Like, oh, well, this is Smith plus whatever. You, you get the point. Like she's just kind of was always geared that way. But I can remember when we were, we were driving there, she said, we're getting close. And we were like, what do you mean? She's like, I can feel like the presence of God. And it was weird. I know if you have ever been in a situation like this where like it's whether it's a church service or the back of an ambulance or whatever, there's this thing that like, I don't know what it is, but I know every person has that tuning fork in them. You just are like, there's something else going on here. 
Like, mm-hmm. it's like the Moses burning bush thing. Like, I got to turn aside. It wasn't that the bush was on fire because they were probably catching on fire all the time in the desert, right? There was something different about that one, right? And so um, that was a marking moment for me, you know? So you have this history of me growing up and seeing A, my, my parents in business and entrepreneurship, and then B, seeing them in ministry. And then... I would say even, you know, there's always these journeys and, you know, I've had other stupid moments where I'm like, oops, shouldn't have done that. But like in that moment, in that season where we were, where we would go to these God encounters, for lack of a better way to say it, that marked me. So then fast forward, got out of college and then Erica and I were married. So this past year we're We've been married for 21 years, so we got... Congratulations. Yeah. yeah absolutely. Yeah, right. Congratulations. I think you get to that point where you're just like, all right, you know me, I know you, you know, and it just gets better and better. You know, there's always those times in yeah, a marriage. Yeah. Absolutely. Where you don't like, have that in the first five minutes. Oh, right. Yeah. Right. So, and, and I always was like, oh, I guess this is good. But, you know, I, it turns out she wasn't always terribly happy with things, but, but you know, she put up with me. She trained me, right? But all that to say, we... Got out of school and didn't really, I I knew like ministry was a part of what I was supposed to be doing, but I also felt this weird draw to like business, you know? And so we got married and uh, just, we ended up, we were working in different places and all the time, the whole time we were like, there were a couple different throughout this period between our twenties and our thirties where we were on staff at other churches in this area that, you know, there were large churches that you would know the names if I told them. But so we're always kind of in this thing where we're doing both. Right. And I'm always like, Lord, why can't you just let me just pick one? Like, I don't want to be, I feel like I'm double-minded here. I feel like I want to do X, but you want me to do Y. And I never could figure this part out. Right. And so fast forward, I was working in this place in they got acquired by a national company, like a Fortune 500 publicly traded company that I had already worked for. And I hated the place because I'm not a big like corporate guy. I'm a bad robot, you know, like I'm a terrible employee, but I'm like a great owner or leader or whatever. Right. And so I was like, well, we're going to just start doing our own thing. So we started doing it. And basically it was real estate development. And it's weird because again, back to the to the Joseph story, like I thought when we started that, that it was going to be one thing. I thought it was going to be like, oh, we're going to build some McMansions, you know, that kind of stuff. Because that was where, what I had come out of in the real estate part of it, that kind of construction part of it. And then over the course of 10 years, what I've seen in that business realm is that Holy Spirit kind of moved us from doing some of this to doing some of that until ultimately like... I started to get wisdom and clarity on the path that he had for me and everybody's got a different journey, but it was like, I'm supposed to focus on multifamily, which are like apartment projects, right? So this will all tie together. So while we're doing that at the same time, we decided, Erica and I decided like with some friends, we didn't really know at the time it was going to be a church, but we were going to start like some type of like thing. And it became ultimately a church. Our heart was always like, this is a big part of my my heart for the church was always like, I'm tired of seeing people just show up on Sunday and sit in a pew and like, they're just punching the card. Mm-hmm. I want to see like an expression where every single person, if they have a heart that they want to start a podcast, 
Mm-hmm. Like, how can they be equipped and empowered to take the dream in their heart and to take that and to take it out and do it? Not just like for the world or for a buck, but like for a calling, for a worship, you know, hey, Lord, this is my acceptable act of worship, right? And so we started doing that. And the whole idea behind it, which is a big part of my philosophy when it comes to the church. And I think church kind of has a name with baggage, you know. So lately I've actually, I've heard some other people saying this, but ekklesia, which is the word in the in the Greek, which is in the Bible when it says, you know, the church, right? So like, what is the ekklesia? What is the body of Christ, you know? And again, what I've seen just in this whole being in this game, in this thing, my whole life is like so many times we have this model that we've taken from the world that we've tried to bring into the church, which is like, I'm the leader and here's my vision and you need to come under my vision and serve my vision. And then we wonder why people are like, man, I'm not feeling this, right? It's because that's not the way the kingdom works. So like in the culture that we've had in the church, especially in America for the last like 100 years, it's a pastor culture, pastoral culture is what I would say. So basically like you come to the church and the man of God comes and like he gives you the word and he gives you and he prays for you. And if you need a prayer, you come to him. And if you need healed, you come to him. And if you, you need counseling, you come to him. But if you read in the New Testament, that's not how Jesus did it, right? And I shared this on a Sunday a while back, but it's like Jesus didn't feed the 5,000. The disciples did. Mm-hmm. He gave them the bread and was like, go feed them. And so when you look at New Testament culture, it's actually, it works the other way. It's upside down. The leader is the servant who's there that says, what's your heart? All right, now how do I help you accomplish that? Mm-hmm. And so I'll kind of like start to tie this together. So was it like a home church? That you guys? No, so it, it kind of started there. It started as a home church, and the whole heartbeat behind it was like, how do we equip people to like live life? And there was a lot of lessons to it. Yeah, and multiplication. So what you said right there is that is the key to the kingdom. Everything. That's the whole deal. Like Jesus actually says when he's telling the parable of the sower, he says this: if you don't understand this parable, you don't understand the whole rest of the game. Everything else is locked because it's all about multiplication. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you need I love to that invest word. in things that are faithful and that multiply. Love it. I think it's Proverbs. It's from Seed Time Money. Anyway, go ahead. Yeah, no, I love <laughs> it. Well, again, let's talk about that for a second. Listen, this could be a three-hour podcast. So if you want to guide the ship we a little bit, that's hour. fine. Well, I was making a joke. But <laughs> the point is you can kind of guide us where you're feeling, but multiplication starts in the beginning. That's mm-hmm. Genesis 126. Be fruitful, multiply. Mm-hmm. But all that to say, what I've seen growing up is this upside down thing that's not the kingdom, which is like come under this vision and serve it. And then like if you're a good little boy or girl, you know, you get a pat on the back. But the kingdom works like this. Everybody here is equipped. It's a priesthood of all believers. That's why a lot of times from the front on Sunday, like when you hear me, I'll say, hey, put your hand up if you need prayer. And then now if you see somebody with their hand up, put your hand on their shoulder and pray for them. Why? Because... That's how the kingdom works. It's supposed to be activation, and that leads to multiplication, mm-hmm. you know? And so um, all that to say, on the path, what I've seen in the last probably like year or two, because, you know, you go, you come on these Joseph journeys, right? Where you're like, Lord, I thought you promised me this. And then 
you said I was I was going to rule and all my brothers are going to bow down to me like this, the Joseph story, right? But now here I am. Why have I been in Potiphar's house serving for years? Why have I been in the prison? But the reality is he did not know that God's destiny was much bigger than that dream. And that's how it is for all of us. And it's like you thought it was one thing, but it was so much bigger and so much more full and so much more vibrant. It was like black and white, like the Wizard of Oz. You know what I mean? It was black and white and suddenly it's color. And so Joseph goes through from the promise, right? Then he ends up in the prison, right? Mm -hmm. But he ends up, the prison is the open door that took him to the palace. And like, listen, this is a little bit of a sermon here that I'm preaching now, right? All right, get the organ out. But like, look, (laughs) like there's people listening today that are like, why am I in the prison? Like, Lord, you told me I was going to be wealthy and I'm broke. Mm -hmm. You told me I was going to live to be a hundred and the doctor said, I'm going to die or whatever it might be. You said I was going to have a beautiful family and suddenly we're on the rocks. And right. Who do you choose to trust? Do I trust this person who told me this? Do I trust my lifestyle or do I trust what God's promise is for me? Love it. Yeah. And inevitably we all have to make a decision. See, when we run into the prison or we're, they're all in the Bible, right? Like when, when you're Elijah and God says, go tell Ahab. And he's like, no, no, I'm good. You know, even the servant, he's like, I can't remember who, who comes to Elijah, but he's one of the boys. And he's like, I can't go back to Ahab. He'll kill me if he knows that. So there's all these moments where you're like, I don't get this. But then ultimately, like, you have to make a decision there. Do I give up on the seed? Do I give up on this little sapling, this thing that God promised me? Oh, that wasn't God, you know? Or do I say, hey, I'm not going to change my theology I'm going to stick with this until the situation changes. Mm -hmm. But that's the hard moment, isn't it? Right. Yeah. Nowhere does it say that Joseph rebuked God. Nowhere does it say Joseph was in prison with God. He's asking why, but he's not saying, nope, we're done. Right. He's like, we're no longer. Look at the hole you put me in, right? Absolutely. He he says, all right, well, I'm going to water this little tree. I'm going to go take care of this. I'm going to make the best of my moment. Right. right. Yes. And God found him in that hole because he knew where he was the whole time and said, all right, now is the time. Yep. Well, and that's a big biblical theme, right? It's always about the fullness of time. Mm. And so many people, like, whether it's you guys, whether it's me, whether it's people listening, why don't I have this, Lord? Well, here's the issue. You don't have it yet for two reasons. One, because it's not the fullness of time. Two, because the preparation so that you can steward the thing that God has called you to isn't done. Because I always say it this way, like, God has to put his super on your natural Mm-hmm. But if your natural can't carry the weight because you haven't developed it, like if you go to the gym and you haven't been there in five years and you put three wheels on that baby and you're like, I'm going to squat this, man. I'm the man. You're going to end up on your butt, right? You're going to end up with me in the back of an ambulance. There you go. That's right. <laughs> so, but it's the preparation that that creates in you the ability to carry the thing that you're called to. That's good. And that's the thing we all, because we want it, man. This is our culture, right? We want it right away. I want it you every know. time. The microwave, man. The BK, have it your way. You know, you know. Nathan loves that BK. But yeah, it's funny. But well, so we, we live in the tyranny of the urgency. That's obviously the enemy yeah. that has produced a society, has produced a way of thinking that wants immediate results to the things. You know, yeah. why do we have a microwave? Because we couldn't wait for the oven. Right. Right. No, oh, why well, we have the air fryer? Because it's better than a microwave and it's right. still faster than the oven. Right. Uh-huh. So we, we live as slaves to tyranny of the urgency. And yeah. when you develop your relationship with Jesus, you start understanding to be still and yes. know. 
and you start understanding what you were speaking about strengthening your spiritual muscles yeah. so that you can take on the load of the super to your natural. And so that's when you're perfected in the time. And, and the longer you are on this earth in God's love, the yeah. easier that is to understand. Yeah. But even young Christians flounder with it sometimes because, oh, yeah. you know, it's like, you know, Lord, it's getting a little close, man. It's getting a little right. close. And some of us need reminders. Constantly. Yeah. I'm, I'm a key one that needs reminders because I, I forget yeah, quick. Yeah, we all do. You yeah. know, I'm, I'm like Peter. I'd be right on that water and then I'd be right in it because, yeah. you know, whoops, I forgot. Just like that. Right. I heard, now this isn't my idea. This is uh, Randy Clark said this, but you know, in this, the story where Jesus is on the shore after the resurrection mm-hmm. and Peter says, it's the Lord. And he jumps back in the water. He puts his clothes on first, then he gets in the water. Now, again, this is brilliant, but like this is Randy Clark's thought, not mine. But he's like, I think the reason that Peter put his clothes on first is because he expected to walk on water mm-hmm. when he mm-hmm. went that time, you know. And I just love that because that is it's the testing of your faith. That's James 1 that brings about perseverance, you know. All these things like without that moment where you're in the prison, without the David moment where you're running around from Saul, without all of those things, you don't become who you're supposed to be. And so like on my own journey, just like you guys have your journey, what's cool now, I finally, you know, like when you're on the road and you're, you're driving, say you're going like on that commercial, are we at the ocean yet? You know what I mean? And then you come over the horizon and suddenly you're like, there's the ocean, right? I'm just now at the point of my journey, it's called convergence, right? Where all the things that you didn't even know about that God was doing it are coming together. It's kind of like the opposite of the whole two roads led in the woods, you know, the, the frost poem, you know, it's like all these roads, all roads lead to Rome, right? It's like everything coming together. And that's Romans eight, by the way, right? He's going to take all the stuff and make it work for your good. And so what I'm seeing now, which is really brilliant and amazing is all the business acumen and savvy and like all the experience that I would have never got, whether it's from being in front of like local county boards or, you know, municipal boards, all, you know, all these places of government, all the financial, you know, thinking and processing and all those things on business, managing hundreds of people, all this kind of stuff, right? That's converging. But then I see all of a sudden, like how the, the, the desire of my heart, like to build the, the body of Christ, right? That was always like, how does that work, Lord? You, you keep telling me I'm supposed to do this business stuff. I don't get it. I want to do this, but you're telling me to do that. I, all I want to do is just be with your people and build your kingdom, build your church. Now, all of a sudden, I'm like, oh, I needed all those pieces to bring to the church. And it's really cool because now I'm in a position where even like next weekend, I'll be, I'll be traveling but I'm going to be consulting with a pretty large church organization with like a lot of campuses on leadership development, on how to create generational wealth, because that's the thing the church doesn't get. Like we don't think strategically in the church. We're always just about a lot of churches eat their eat their seed as bread. You know, like we don't think multi-generationally. We don't think 100 years out. God thinks eternally. And we can't even think past the next year, right? But so it's cool. So I'll be taking all this stuff that I was like, God, this is such a waste of my time. This is, why am I doing this? Like, and I'm going to bring all this back to where my heart has always been. Back to the people, back to the church, back to the ecclesia. And so I see this awesome, beautiful convergence of like, for me, that whole, oh, like I'm not in the palace yet, right? 
but the what was it the winemaker right no he yeah the the cupbearer got whacked was it the baker the baker got whacked okay remembered in the yeah so there you go so the baker Got back, the whole year. Right? Oh, thanks for remembering. Oh, by the way, thanks, bro. it's, it's because he wasn't supposed to remember right? because Joseph wasn't done simmering. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. He was still he was still on low, you know, and, and coming to a boil and, and right. was being stirred. And then when his time was come, his time had come. Yeah. He needed that extra year. And so, like, whether it's the Joseph journey, whether it's the journey that I find myself on where I'm like, oh, because suddenly the, the cupbearer calls. Hey, we need you. Like, I just remember there's a guy that already knows this stuff, right? So the cupbearer for me called, right? And so it's beautiful to start to see like, oh, I see this, the plan of God, like that I couldn't see until I came over the horizon. I was like, there it is. There's the ocean. There's the thing. And so like the people, you know, listening to this podcast, right? It's like all the way through this journey, if you will be faithful, if you'll continue to just every day get up, just, Lord, I know what you call me to. I'm going to be the best version of myself. Like, you know, even every Sunday when I'm on my way here to church, I'm like, Lord, I'm on my way to give the best that I have to your bride. I'm on my way to, to serve your, your body. Whatever you want me to do, you just, I'm here to be your hands and feet. But when you do that every day, it's not just what you do once, right? Mm-hmm. It's the every single day that builds character, that builds your life. That's the key, I think, that you yeah. were speaking earlier about. Not all churches have this, and you and you sought this, and your family sought this. Mm-hmm. That comfort breeds complacency. Yeah, and you cannot grow if you're complacent. Right, you become content with the meagerness that you have. Yeah, you miss out on the finest things that God has to offer you. Yeah, that that you could do if you would just step out. That you just make small movements, you know, mm-hmm. You're not, especially if you, you know, going back to the weightlifting thing, right. don't start big. Yeah. Start walking down the aisle. Start, yeah, don't start on a marathon. Start the, the shaking day, right? someone's hand. Start praising Jesus a little louder. You know, put yeah. your hands in the air. Pray for the person next to you. You know, don't have that complacency in your yeah. heart. Seek him with your whole heart. I love it. Like us, I can't imagine not seeking him. I've prayed prayers where I prayed that he would kill me. Right. Not literally, yeah, yeah. but the fleshy part of me so that the spirit can shine, so that right. he can shine through me. Like, Lord, I am in the way. Like, you need to kill me. Yeah. Like, you need to put this body to death. Like, I am just shaming you. I am spinning my wheels and doing my own thing. You need to kill this body. Yeah. And, you know, I've had people that say, hey, I, I need patience. Pray for it. Oh, then he'll test me. Let him. That's what you yeah, want. Right. Yeah. Yes, you're going to be tested. That's going to yeah. happen. That's how you. That's how you refine something. Yeah. Like, I don't understand why you would shy away from that. That's what what I found too is God always does his sneaky work during worship, right? Because you're like, oh Lord, I love you. Lord, I give you my heart. You know whatever. You know you're praying all these dangerous prayers, and then all of a sudden later you're like, why am I going through this? You know because you prayed it, bro. Like. You ask God, yeah. Exactly. Over and over again in the song. It's what you yeah. want. I just, I give it all to you. No, Lord, you took it all away, right? But yeah, no, it's funny. I always like the joke because it's like, it's kind of like in life too. You know, you put the music on, you know, like, oh, this is the best time ever, you know? But like, all kidding aside, like not not to be crass, but like that's where God does put the seed into you. That's where he, oh, in those moments where you're, you're like, Lord, I give it all to you. I'm just open. I, I want to be, I want to serve you. I love you. I give you my heart, you know, which is, this is the great commandment, but like, it's beautiful. Cause in those moments, that's where he's like, he puts that, whatever that dream is, that's when he puts it in your heart. And then it starts the process. Right. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, it's just always that 
the thing I love about God is this. He can do miracles, right? You see him all through the Bible. We hear about him in church. If I'm being honest, we should be doing a better job of talking about the miracles. All of us should. Be. Settle down. Included. We're trying. No, no, all of us, you know. But yeah, that's part of this podcast, right? Yes. I, Sam was mentioning that they used to have a bulletin board and they would post miracles that have happened and blessings. Yeah. I told Pastor Pete we should bring that back because people could actually see and read and be encouraged yeah. that way. No, that's beautiful. Yeah. So what I love, though, about the miracle is God can do that, right? Mm-hmm. But he works through process. So he's able to do a miracle, right? But his nature is process. And I love that because it's always, if you look, it's, it's always the seed. Yeah. He's always gentle with us, gently yeah. guiding us. Yeah, it's, it's like, no, 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 seed. not that way, this way. Yeah. And you don't feel it like that. It, that maybe like, just like you don't feel your hair grow, like the seed grows. You mm-hmm. know? When you continue to like, it's like what, what it says about Mary. She, she treasured these things in her heart. When you take that thing and you protect it and you, you bring it back to the Lord again, that's like first Timothy one eighteen, right? Take these things that were spoken over you and keep bringing them back to the Lord, you know, but like, you don't feel it growing, but then the next thing, you know, 10 years down the road, you, you just turn around and you're like, Wow, Whoa. this is a story. That happened. This is a God-sized story. Mm-hmm. And the other thing I would say, just to, like if the thing that you're aspiring to, you can do on your own, you're not dreaming big enough. Mm-hmm. Like God, it says, you know, like that the power that raised Jesus from the dead is in us. Like if God put that deposit into us, like you shouldn't be dreaming of the thing that you can do yourself. Oh, I just want to use just a used car, Lord, and an apartment. You know, I'm I'm, I'm using that as an as a metaphor, but like. Dream big, dream God-sized dreams that like, if God doesn't show up, it ain't going to happen because those are the moments where you're just, you find yourself in a miracle. You find your, your faith is stretched and you've grown and, and you've become the thing that you dreamt, that seed. And that's the path. It's a good word. It's awesome. Yeah. Awesome. I love the way you phrase things. I love the way that you put things together and analogies. I appreciate yeah. it. When you're on stage, you do the same thing. This is a, this this cat it, can know. think out of the box, you know what I mean, yeah. and and I really appreciate that because it it lightens the load. I think it makes more people pay attention. Yeah, when you bring something across that they actually have to think about, not something yeah. that's an automatic like, mm-hmm, amen. Yeah, they think, right. wait, what did he say? Yeah, yeah, all right, right. You know? Yeah, no, I agree. Yeah, yeah. So I appreciate you. I appreciate what you do. It's nice to finally meet you officially. Yeah, yeah. Long time watcher, first time talk. That sounds creepy, <laughs> right? <laughs> I've been watching you a lot for the past couple of years, once you know. <laughs> Sounds really wrong. But, uh, you know, I really I really like worshiping with you. Yeah. I love your heart behind it. Yeah. I love, you know, I'm not a Pentecostal at heart. Yeah. And, and I'm not a hooting and hollerer. Right. I don't hoot and holler at, at sporting events either. It's just not who I am. Yeah. Right. right. I got you. But I love watching his people worship. Yeah. It's I love crazy. watching. I love when I see people. I don't know why. I just love seeing them yeah. love on him. And, yeah. and it just feels really yeah, good to me. It does, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. I love it so much. I think I say it like literally every week to people, someone in this building, but it's like teamwork makes the dream work without what you do, without what you do. Like all of us there, even the person who thinks, oh, I just came to just sit there, you know, at the end of the day, like what, when they raised their hand, it might've moved your heart, you know? Mm-hmm. So like, it is a beautiful thing where we all need each other. It's that body. And when we, when we come together, that's why I love, again, the church. Like, it's Jesus chose it. We didn't make it up. Jesus made this. And he said, this is my body on the earth. And I love it too. God's crazy. He doesn't have a second string. He didn't have a backup plan. 
He's not like, hey, angels, get ready. These guys are really messing up right now. He somehow is just so confident in us. It's beautiful. But again, it's when we come together. Well, he kind of cheats because he knows the end. That's true. Right? So he had his confidence because in the very beginning, he knew what the end looked like. He's got all kinds of backup plans. He's the author and and benefactor of of all humankind. He knows. He knows what's up. He's accounted for our stupidity and dumb choices. When he put me in my mother's womb, he said, that boy's going to be a dummy for a while. He's going to have to be tough. Oh, he put a lot of extra choices and then chances in there for me too, buddy. Believe me, man. He made me super tough because he's not a good learner. (laughs) (laughs) I like it. So, you know, here we are. So thank you so much for being with us. If this podcast episode has been a blessing, we are grateful for that. And we pray that you would share it with others. And also we have a fundraising campaign to help with expenses, such as the editing of the audio. Yeah. Yeah. Not a joy. We outsource that. that. Yes. So if you look up givesendgo.com and look up God's Goodness podcast, you'll find us in there and you can support us with prayers and financial aid. And that would be a blessing as well. So we hope you enjoyed this and we'll talk to you next time. Thank you.